Welcome to part two of today's Daily Tap. So this is something a little new we're trying just because I was like, well, do we really want a 50-minute podcast for the Daily Tap? Because that's what I kind of expect it to be, or maybe 45 minutes. Uh, we'll see how long that we go to talk about hoops. But I definitely want to know from the people. Uh, if you prefer a long Daily Tap and just get everything in there, and I timestamp everything usually to let you know where we, we are, or if you like this, where it's two shows, basically, um, this one's going to talk more about basketball, um, and then we kind of split it out. Um, so let me know. I would say that the plan would have been, if you just to pull you behind the curtain a little bit, we would have done football-focused podcast on Monday, and then today we would have done more on basketball. So basically, that's why we're doing the two parts. And I just want to try it, see what the numbers look like. Um, rate, review, subscribe as always. Um, appreciate you guys hanging in there with me uh, as I battled the sickness yesterday. Uh, it was not fun. Um, and on the road to recovery, at least I, I think so. I hope so. But let's talk about the Milwaukee Bucks. So Milwaukee Bucks are starting to feel it again. Uh, it's not a surprise, right? You had the Los Angeles Lakers without LeBron. You had Oklahoma City. You had Orlando twice. This was a complete get-right spot for the Milwaukee Bucks, and they definitely needed it. You know, the Bucks were under 500 at one point. They are now not. They're 10 and 8, and they are starting to kind of roll. They've won four straight. They have Detroit tonight. They have a Denver team on Friday who is kind of beat up. They're not necessarily their full self, and then they have Indiana on Sunday to wrap up the week. So there's a real opportunity that the Bucks can keep this rolling. And Milwaukee is really starting to play well because Drew Holiday, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Chris Middleton are all out on the court at the same time. Scott Gortzi had this yesterday, and Milwaukee is 6-1 and one when all three of those guys are out on the court together, and the average victory is 14 points per game. So not only are the Bucks winning when Chris, Drew, and Giannis are out on the court at the same time, but they're kicking everybody's ass. So that, to me, says everything I need to know. That says everything that, going forward, I'm going to feel about this Bucks team. Because when the chips are down, the three of these guys together know how to play with each other and they know how to win basketball games. And they've done it already this year and they will show it as the year goes on. Now you hope that this can they can kind of have a clean bill of health here in the next few weeks, right? You don't want to be like, okay, here we go again. You want to start to sort of get hot and get rolling and establish yourself as one of the NBA's best. I think the East right now is for the taking. Uh, the Bulls are at the top, which is a cute story, but they are starting to kind of get banged up. Uh, Vucevic has been down with COVID. Uh, Caruso just went down with an injury. Actually, the Brooklyn Nets have overtaken them for the number one spot after their win against the Cleveland Cavaliers last night. But everybody's bunched up. I mean, the Bucks are right now three games back. It's way too early to worry about this kind of thing. Um, it's 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 not necessarily going to matter. And no one's winning a December championship at this moment. But the Milwaukee Bucks are starting to kind of find themselves, find their rhythm. And yesterday was a complete and utter shit pumping. For the first time all year, we saw the true teeth of the Milwaukee Bucks against a really good, a really bad team, really good team, a really bad team. So they didn't play with their food. They didn't let a team like Orlando, who they let hang around on Saturday, Oklahoma City, who they let hang around on, on Friday. 
They just absolutely demolished them. They did that against Detroit um, a couple weeks ago, but they weren't fully healthy. This was an absolute hammer by the Milwaukee Bucks, and it's only going to make them feel better. And also, limited minutes for Giannis, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Bobby Portis, who are all playing their third game in four nights. That matters. That stuff's important. And if you can kind of get a little rest because of blowouts, it's wildly important. And Milwaukee basically had blown them out from the start. I mean, they were up 22-6, to and the game was over. Um, the game didn't even really matter. Bucks were red hot from three. Uh, Pat Connaughton continues his really hot shooting month. He's shooting 44% from deep uh, in the month of November. That's really impressive. Pat Connaughton's, uh, his ascension has become something, I, I wouldn't say it's legendary, but if you think about where we were last year, because remember the season started late, and everyone was shitting on the Pat Connaughton deal. I probably have a take where I was shitting on the Pat Connaughton deal. And now I think there's a legitimate conversation to have Pat Connaughton as a potential sixth man of the year. It's wild how much a year changes things. But yeah, he was really good in this one as well. Um, the other takeaway I had from this big win against Orlando was that Drew Holiday got it going. He 18 points, six assists, four rebounds, his best performance since Atlanta a few days ago. And it's really important that Drew Holiday starts to find himself around the rim. I think Drew Holiday has not been as good, I think, as, as we expect him to be at the start of the year. Now, granted, he had to deal with playing in the Olympics and playing in the NBA Finals. So for the guy to be a little bit run down, I don't think any of us are would be surprised by that. I don't think any of us would be shocked that Drew you know, needed a little more time than others. But... Oh, sorry, six rebounds, four assists for Holiday. But yeah, 18 of, eight, 8 of 14, 2 of 5 from 3. Really productive stuff from Drew. And that, to me, is important. And that's that's the type of stuff that I think is really going to matter. He made a couple around the basket. He made a couple mid-range shots. Um, but he, he didn't miss any layup. Or he missed one layup yesterday. He only missed one layup. So he was 2 of, two of 3 on layups yesterday. He's really struggled around the rim this year, and it's getting a little bit better. So that's good to see. And as Yana said, his Instagram post, you just got to finish the, the homestand strong. Bucks can go 5-0 and in their homestand if they beat Detroit on Wednesday night. I don't think they're expecting to rest anybody, uh, just given that they have Thanksgiving off. And then they head out to Denver, so I would expect... You get a full Bucks roster out there ready to sort of do this again against Denver, uh, Detroit. Now, Detroit's an interesting team who's kind of been a little more scrappy, I think, in the last few weeks. Um, they're not not as much of a shit show. Orlando, to me, was another team that had looked scrappy-ish, um, and they they just sort of did not have it. You know, the, the, the air went completely out of the tires, and they were not talented enough to keep up with the Bucks' hot shooting. Which makes a lot of sense, right? The Bucks are a potential NBA champion. Orlando is likely going to be picking in the top five or the top ten again. Other got other things to note about the Milwaukee Bucks right now. Bobby Portis continues his hot run in the starting rotation. He had another double double. It's his third straight game with a double double. There's only been two games this season where Bobby Portis has not scored more than ten points. Um, the Brothers of Destruction, as I noted on Twitter. Uh, basically Giannis and Bobby it's a great combination man those guys can really ball offensively and Bobby just seems to always be in the right place in the right time and get the shots and get the rebounds that matter I wish he was a little bit of a better defender 
but that's another story for another time. You know, yeah, I shot a few more threes than probably I'd like, but he was, what, two of five from three last night? Still, I, I think Bobby Portis has shown himself as a vital member of the Bucks. We already knew that. I don't think I need to explain that again. But I think the fact that he's been able to hold the water here for Brooke Lopez has been really important. And yes, the Bucks do need to improve their interior defense. And they're going to need to make a trade or get a buyout guy here to kind of make that interior defense a little bit stronger. But for now, I think the Bucks are fine. And they'll get tested on Friday with Jokic. I mean, that's going to be a really big issue uh, with Jokic. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be Giannis taking Jokic. I don't know if it's going to be Portis with a double from one of the guards. Um, I'm not sure what we're going to do against Jokic. But that will be a good test for Bobby. DeMontis Sabonis is another one that, that will definitely eat against Bobby Portis. But you just have to kind of take the good with the bad. And you know Bobby struggles defensively, but offensively the guy's been giving you so much production this season when the Bucks have been on a full roster like they are right now besides Brooke Lopez or you know what they when they were kind of in their doldrums when they were barely <laughs> when they were like barely an NBA roster uh, Bobby was still bringing it which you got to appreciate uh, Mr. Portis. Giannis didn't do much in this game he nearly actually had a Ben Simmons aka a 10 and 10 and 10 triple double that's what I call Ben Simmons he nearly had a Ben Simmons uh, I think he had 12 9 and 8 uh, so it didn't do a ton he didn't play a ton and we I didn't need Giannis to have this wonderful game right like it's totally fine that Giannis didn't do much I do want to note his Saturday performance was fucking incredible I mean that Saturday performance 30 points 32 points 20 rebounds five assists like he was so in his bag on Saturday night. And you think about this, like, it was a back-to-back. It's against Orlando. Like, Giannis could have easily just mailed it in. And it just speaks to who Giannis Antetokounmpo is. I know we've said this before, but this is why this guy, to me, is more like Jordan and Kobe in the sense of, like, he does not take a night off. Like, there is not a night off that Giannis mails in. I don't think I can remember a game recently where I'm like, Giannis mailed that in. Because he definitely didn't against Orlando. And he was obviously the catalyst of why the Bucks won that game on sat- Saturday. And then on Sunday, on Monday as they secured the sweep, it was basically a sum of all parts. And Giannis contributed, but not as much. I, I do love that a lot of people feel like Giannis is still the MVP of the league. I heard Bill Simmons talk a lot about that the last week or so. That he likes him better than Curry. I thought that was very interesting. I don't know though. I feel like the Curry... If the Warriors are... The Warriors are good. Like if the Warrior, no, like the Warriors right now are great. I shouldn't say that. If the Warriors are great. Like if the Warriors are a like a 60, 60 win team and they are number one in the West or number two in the West, I think Curry wins the MVP. I don't think you give it to Giannis. I think Giannis is gonna have a crazy stat line. I think we're gonna debate Giannis and Curry the entire year. But I, I think at the end of the day, they'll they'll end up giving it to Steph Curry. But those Warrior Bucks games, man, have become much bigger. Um, if you look at the NBA, the standings right now in the West, really, it's just the Suns, the the Warriors, and the Jazz. I don't know if I'm doing a podcast with Mitch, but I, I do want to mention that Mitch was ahead of the West, kind of stinking. He was there last year about it, like he was on that hill last last year, saying, "I don't know how good the West is," and we talked about that a lot on our show. And I think finally the chickens have come home to roost because it's brutal right now in the in the West, at least at this juncture of the season. 
But yeah, they're Golden State matchups. They have Golden State at home on a Thursday night, uh, January 13th is when they will be playing the dubs. And then they go to Golden State for an ABC Saturday night, uh, March 12th um, on ABC. That is hell of a stretch for the Bucs. They go to Golden State and then they go to Utah back to back. That's that is rough. Actually, that's a rough fucking stretch for the Bucks. Chicago, Phoenix, Oklahoma City, not rough. Atlanta, Golden State, Utah. Yikes. Not great. But that's the NBA, man. Sometimes you got you got tough stretches. Um, so that will be a tough one for the Bucks when uh, when we get there. Speaking of March 12th, that could be when Marquette's in the Big East Championship could have a huge uh, Saturday of basketball. Maybe a little too far on that. But Marquette Golden Eagles continue to impress in ways that I didn't think were possible. Um, I told you guys last week after the Illinois win that I was back in on Marquette basketball. That as someone who was a little apathetic about the Golden Eagles and really didn't find much pleasure in watching them, I th- I've thrown myself back in. Um, I wasn't able to watch the St. Bonaventure game because I was uh, working. So I DVR'd it and then I saw the tweets and some texts from Mach and Coach. And I was like, you know what? We are not going to waste our time watching Marquette lose by 25. But you know what? It's okay. It's okay that they ran out of gas. It's okay that a senior-laden team was able to beat them up. I think that it kind of grounds us a little bit as fans, right? We saw two incredible games from Marquette with the Old Miss win and the West Virginia win where they came from behind to beat both of those teams. And they also came from behind to beat Illinois. I don't know if that Illinois win loses some luster as they lost to Cincinnati last night. Um, But regardless, it is a very encouraging sign to see this grit and hustle back in Marquette. Marquette has not had this since Buzz Williams. Wojo just was a soft coach. And, And I don't mean to shit on Wojo because I think we all have done our fair share but it just pales in comparison to what those Marquette teams were the last few years. Like, I'd love to hear the AD, the president, the boosters talk and be like, what the fuck were we thinking? Like, this is what we expected to get out of Wojo. Marquette has always been this nose to the grindstone, hard ass fucking team. Like, that's been kind of Marquette culture since Al McGuire. Like, that's kind of what they've established. They've had hard asses running their team, Rick Majerus, McGuire. I don't know if McGuire would really qualify as a hard-ass, but definitely Rick Majerus, Mike Dean, Kevin O'Neill. Uh, Mike Dean wasn't that good. But but regard, like they, Buzz Williams, Tom Crean, like maybe not hard-ass. Hard-ass might be the wrong word, but their teams always gave a shit. Their teams always hustled. Their teams were not afraid of contact. Their teams were ready to get on the ground for a loose ball. And it felt like watching guys like Marcus Howard, Matt Carlino, and others, they just did not want to do that. They did not want to get on the floor. And they were more like a glorified AAU team put together, and they didn't really have any team chemistry. It was Marcus Howard and everybody else. And maybe that was part of the reason why Sam Hauser left. And I still contend if Sam Hauser stays, Marquette is an entirely different team, and Steve Wojcicki might still be the coach of Marquette. That's crazy to think about, right? That if Steve... if Hauser stays, even if Joey Joey transfers, if Hauser stays, definitely Wojciechowski's probably still still has a job right now. That's and it's scary to think about. It's a great what if. And I'm very thankful that Shaka is our coach because 
he has really unified these guys. He's play, they're playing together. They're playing with such a fun spirit. Tyler Kolick doing the country roads after the win against West Virginia was fucking great. Uh, their confidence in themselves is is something to admire. You know, Cam Jones is a little bit of a microwave, but look, if he's hot, he's hot. And I don't mind Cam Jones taking a bunch of shots if it makes sense. I, I have a problem if it's like pull-up threes or ISO in a three. Yeah, that's a little bit of an issue. But if you're getting them in rhythm and they're just not falling, like that's fine. Like I want, I want our guys to have have the confidence. A couple quick thoughts about some of the players uh, from this weekend. Justin Lewis looks like an absolute star. He looks like a guy who can regularly get 15 points a game. I think it was surprising that Justin Lewis wasn't really considered as part of the All Big East uh, at the start of the season. And it's really showing how dumb the, those people were, how much they might not have paid attention to Marquette. Uh, Justin Lewis was fantastic uh, this weekend. A uh, really good game, even against St. Bonaventure. He had 17 and 11. Uh, Justin Lewis is looking like a star. Uh, the three point, the three point game has really improved for him, and he's still able to pound down low. So he's, he's an inside out player. I would imagine. I haven't looked at any mock drafts for the NBA, but I have to think Justin Lewis has established himself as maybe a you know not lottery pick, but definitely a team in the playoffs who might want to take a chance on Justin Lewis because I think he's a, he has a bright bright future ahead of him. Tyler Kolick. Yes, he does have some Travis Diener vibes. I love that Travis Diener tweeted out like he reminds me of a Nev Berkowitz. Uh, if you don't remember Nev Berkowitz, uh, he was known as the Jewish Jordan. Um, everybody, there was so much hype around Neve Berkowitz uh, that he was going to be this next great player for Marquette. Um, and he just was terrible. He wasn't good at all. Um, there's a step up, I guess, from Israeli basketball to, I think they were in Conference USA at the time. But don't sleep. Conference USA was, was good back then. Uh, but yeah, he was awesome in their win against West Virginia. It wasn't that great against St. Bonaventure. But yeah, I think Kolick can really be a... He's a, just an initiator, man. Like He is the point guard that I think we wanted Marcus Howard at times to be. And I understand that Marcus Howard was a shoot first. And I understand that he is a lot of the Jerry McNamara. We don't win 10 fucking games without Marcus Howard. I get it. But there were times where you just wished he was a little more of a facilitator on nights where he didn't have it. And Kolek does all the all the things. Like it's not just a three point shooter. He can get to the lane. He can defend. He can rebound. He can you know steal steal pass. Like he has a really good skill set out there, and a guy that I'm definitely excited to watch more of. I uh, don't sleep on David Joplin. Uh, David Joplin he played a little bit more in the St. Bonaventure game. I think as the year goes on, I think Joplin's going to be a legitimate six man. For, for Marquette, and I think he's really going to provide some value. He's really a good corner three-point shooter, and I think he's physical enough to get down down in the dirt with them. He has a little bit of, I wouldn't say he's exactly like Bobby Portis because he's a little bigger than Bobby is, but he does remind me a little bit of that where he has the corner three ability. He can also get a few rebounds here and there. Like I, I'm, My stock is high on David Joplin. My last point, not to be critical, because I want to be happy for Marquette. I want to enjoy the good vibes of this Marquette Golden Eagles team. But I do want to know if Greg Elliott wants to be here. Greg Elliott, I understand he has not played for the first five games. He was suspended due to team misconduct. But it doesn't necessarily look like Greg Elliott's all in. Greg Elliott is the last one from the Wojo tenure. And there's definitely some Wojo vibes with Greg Elliott. There just is. Like, he is a different player 
than everybody else. And I think Greg needs to buy in pretty quick. And if he doesn't, he's going to probably find himself on the bench. And I wouldn't be surprised if Greg just decides, screw it, I'm out of here. Um, because he definitely did something to shake the apple cart. We don't know what. Um, and then after that, he definitely didn't look that engaged. Like, he's been really rough to start the year. Maybe he responds. You know, we can all have slow starts and come up big as the year goes on. I think we all loved Greg Elliott last year and the year prior. And he's definitely been a heart and soul guy for, for Marquette in the past. It just kind of looks like he's disengaged these first two games. And maybe maybe that's just he needs to get in the flow. He needs to see the crowds again. And maybe it's just a little too it's a little too early to be judging him. But not to be critical of Marquette, because I, I really do think this has been an awesome November for them. But it's definitely something to keep keep the eye on. They have Northern Illinois and Jackson State before a big stretch here against Wisconsin, Kansas State, and UCLA. Northern Illinois and Jackson State are both cupcakes. Marquette should eat. Hopefully they do not have any hiccups there. Not that I expect Marquette to be a tournament team just yet. I'm keeping my expectations kind of level. Um, if they do beat Wisconsin, that would be four Power con- power 5 wins or Power Conference wins. I think that's how we're using it, Power Conference wins. Then then at least, and if they beat Kansas State, and that's five. I don't expect them to beat UCLA even at home. Although if they are a one-loss team playing UCLA at serve, that place is going to be on fucking fire. That will be one of the louder crowds that I think you, you'll see. And that's one where I might need to get in the gym for that one. That's one where I might look at it and be like, all right, 1.30 Saturday, have some beers, bloodies, get going, and then head there. There's only one college football game on that day. It's Army-Navy, which I enjoy. But that's a perfect Saturday to go out and watch watch the Marquette Golden Eagles. So I potentially have to, might have to look into that. Might have to look into Marquette-UCLA. But yeah, it's, it's going to be... It's going to be quite a season and definitely my expectations have changed if you're like jay charlie where's some badger coverage as i told you in another show just kind of want to remind you i i don't have as much time as i did last year in the pandemic where i could watch everything um my time is actually more limited than it's, i think it's ever been I, at least it feels that way i don't know if it actually is but it feels that way so i had to make sacrifices as much as i know i have some badger fan friends I just don't have the the time to sometimes sit down and watch all the Badger games. And I don't want to just give you opinions without without actually watching at least a little bit. Like if I, you know, you know I don't think you have to watch every fucking possession. But if you watch at least, you know, 75%, which is usually what I, my approach, I think you're good enough. And I'll be honest, like I I didn't have any real interest in watching Texas A&M. I was on my deathbed as is yesterday just trying to work. I did notice Johnny Davis had a pretty good game. I said last year I thought Johnny Davis was going to be a star of this team. Uh, still a lot of shots for Brad Davidson. That's also what I'll say. We'll be interested to see how they play against Houston. Uh, Houston is a really good team. Um, definitely a step up for Wisconsin. If they could get a win against Houston, that would be a major step forward for Wisconsin. All right, take care of yourself. Have a great Tuesday. We'll back tomorrow. I think just me. I don't know. I so I want to do a tab in the keg, but I also, I got to get some shit done. So I don't know. I might not be able to, unfortunately, due to work. Uh, as much as I'd love to talk with Mitchie, as, as usual, uh, maybe just scrap it for next week. All right, take care, guys. Have a good one. Bye.